If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And welcome to the LFD Day Traders. It's Thursday night. Time for another viewer's voice. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Gab, I, I don't think I've given you enough credit for it. That is a banger of an intro that you got built for this show. That's just fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be careful here because we keep getting done for copyright uh, on the tunes. We can't get done for the design because the design is done by um, a man in the chat most nights. And it's... Um, Yogi, you know, uh, Muhammad Yogi. Oh, Muhammad Yogi? Yeah, yeah, he's the man that does our intros. Uh, he does all the video yeah. stuff. He then gives me brilliant um, intro music to go with it. And we play it once and we get copyright claimed because <laughs> the music he's trying to use that they tell him is royalty free is not royalty free. So I have to go off and find something else. So um, the music is probably my doing. The graphics is most definitely his. Uh, well, that's good. So it's, thankfully, nobody watches this, so we haven't gotten a copyright strike on that. So, no, we're okay. Yeah. We're okay. We've thousands of views on this show with that intro, and unless the copyright guy is on holidays for the last three months, um, we're, I think we're absolutely fine. All right, fantastic. And uh, Conrad, making your debut on the viewers' voice. How are you? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. Is it Joe Berti? No. Okay. Nah, don't don't believe the lies in the chat. That's okay. that's more Red Steve online trolling. I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. Go on, continue. <laughs> so yeah, Conrad, welcome uh, welcome on to Viewer's Voice. 
Uh, how have things been? Haven't heard you since you did your uh, your little hour long chat with Gav there. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, just came back home from the gym and then realized that there was a pot happening. So I quickly showered, brushed myself up, and uh, sat my butt down on the chair. Yeah, uh, looking forward to the show, and uh, hopefully we can have another nice chat um, about this and that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a little bit better to do it coming off the back of a win. That's uh, that is for sure. You don't want to be stuck in Chris and Kev's position doing post match shows after dreadful performances. And uh, Ron, how are things down stateside? Uh, pretty good. We just finally uh, saw the sun after a week of nonstop rain, thanks to uh, the remnants of a hurricane heading our way. So uh, glad to be in the sunshine once again. Oh yeah, and we won, so that that also helped. Yeah, that that makes things a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Is this yeah, is this uh, the hurricane that um, was in Florida? Yeah, it blew up this way. But yeah. by the time we got here, it was just a never-ending rainstorm. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Because whenever I, whenever I see these things being in Ireland, um, you know, I I see people just lock up the houses and go, what'll be will be, you know, there's four foot of water outside the window. And like in Ireland, it's completely different. It's like, oh God, there's a massive storm coming. Everyone's does, nobody goes to work. Everybody has to make sure they've loads of bread. Um, bread is a massive thing here. Like you have to have bread, whether on really good occasions or really bad occasions. And, I, not not that it's funny what happens in Florida and stuff like that, but when I see the reaction of the people that are probably used to it, there where you go, they're doing the right thing. They're just going, listen, you can't stop this. Just do the best you can. Where in Ireland, we're like, we just try to ignore it. Where we go, this isn't happening. Everyone just get in our house. It's not happening. We're not going to work. I remember a couple of years ago, they it was, um, and somebody will probably, if there's Irish people in the chat, they'll know, but there was a storm that came here and, People are like, listen, this is going to be the worst ever, right? And they literally closed the country down and said, right, tomorrow, nobody leaves the house tomorrow. This is going to be so bad, right? And I swear to God, nobody went to work. And I I reckon at one o'clock in the afternoon, I could have went to play golf. That's it. And it was just, <laughs> honestly, I could, I could have went and got uh, and played golf. And I was like, this country is fucking mad. And we just literally go, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And everyone goes, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's all on. But um, the difference, the way the American um, do it is, is brilliant. So there you go. Yeah, yeah there's, there's probably Ireland, people. Ireland's yes, Stormophilia. Says MC, that's it. Stormophilia. That's the one. Yeah, you guys call a heat wave when it's 24, 25 degrees. So oh, yeah. Got a slight, Less than that. Slightly lower tolerance. 20, for 21 degrees. Room. 21 degrees here, and people are like, we're not going to walk. Like, we're not going to walk. <laughs> like, you can't buy a paddling pill anywhere. You can't get one for a love, no money. Um, you know, everyone's down buying. Like, the, the supermarkets immediately put up these shelves, loads of shelves in the in the cool food area with, like, barbecue specials and it's like people are just buying shitloads of sausages and chicken and oh yeah like it's it's absolutely crazy my favorite pastime is having a barbecue on the street while my neighbors look at me doing it i, I like that i like doing that <laughs> and now and now i finally know why there's no irish people in northern australia 
Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted that. There's oh, Scottish well. people, there's Americans, but I don't know a single Irish person that lives no. in far north Queensland. You can't handle that. It's too hot. You know, 20, so 20 degrees here, and it's, listen, that is just beautiful. You know, that's, we, that's we, get, we, get, we get five days of good weather, 20 degrees ish. If we get a five in a row, it's considered a good summer. And people just talk about it for years afterwards. Like, that's how bad it is. But anyway, football. Yeah, under the football. Uh, I mean, 2 0 win against Rangers. Pretty decent performance uh, from the Reds all around. Uh, Ron, I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, how'd you feel about Darwin Nunez's performance against Rangers? Um, I thought he was all right. I, I mean, he did. He, he kept getting into really good positions, he, trying to get in behind, uh, making the keep, making their keeper work. Who looked to me like he was all of about forty-five years old. I, I was. I thought he might have been a. He's not far off. But but I mean, but he did work him. Um, so. Um, I thought, I thought the criticism that was going around of him after the game was a little, a bit over the top. I, I didn't understand where that was coming from. I, know, I mean, I know he missed a chance or two, but you know, we got to keep keep in mind he hasn't really had a run of games, uh, largely due to his fault. But you know, still, he's still learning. He's still learning his way. He's still getting used to uh, the way we play, and he, and we've been playing. I've been playing well, so that hasn't helped either. So I think. All things considered, I was pretty pleased with the performance. Yeah, it's, I think there is some obvious green shoots that we can take from it. I mean, obviously, everybody would like if he was scoring at the rate of Erling Holland. Uh, Conrad, do you see this sort of impact that he had on that game kind of leading from the front? Do you see that continuing going forward? Um, I hope so. Um, it's hard to say because... Like, without trying to be disrespectful, it's still Rangers. Like, it's. I hope he. I certainly hope he does it going forward. And I. And if I think, will he do it? Yeah, I think he will. Um, just simply based on the fact that when we sign players, nine out of ten times they work out. And if we sign an expensive player, you better bet that they will work out because we can't afford to have players on that money who don't work out. The only exception, of course, probably being Nabi Keita. But, um, yeah, uh, I think he'll work out. I was one of the people who, when he was at Benfica last year's Champions League, ever since he, I think it was Ajax who he knocked out with with that last-minute goal or whenever it was. Um, I've always enjoyed watching him and... Um, I mean, we saw it firsthand when he played against us. Um, there's very few strikers that get past Allison in one-on-ones. And not only did he get past Allison in one-on-ones, he scored absolutely naughty goals against him. Thing Like, I couldn't believe it. So from then that point, I was like, sign him. Uh, he'll be grand. And now he's here. Um yeah, he hasn't had a great start, obviously. Um, part of that is obviously his own fault because he was being a bit of a tit uh, in the Crystal Palace game. And um, now he needs to uh, get going, basically, because we are unfortunately in a situation where we can't afford 
to uh, bed him in slowly. Um, he has to hit the ground running, and I think he will. I mean, yesterday's game was a great indication of um, what he can do. I mean, yeah, he didn't score, but um, I mean, even the short highlights, it's basically just a two-minute compilation of him pinging ball, uh, balls at the at the net. So only the keeper always saved them. That's unfortunate, but he's hitting the target, and uh, he just needs to get a little bit more... Clinical, I thought a few of the shots were a bit soft or straight at the keeper. He could have done better, but that'll come to him. Um, any striker that can hit the target often enough will improve, and he will be no exception to that. Yeah, and uh, Gav, like Conrad said, you know, it's he's one of our big money signings. But when you look at him, you know, the big money signings: Allison went straight into the team, Virgil went straight into the team. It's only when you get down to Fabinho and Navicata that they were kind of feathered in, like. Do you think Klopp's going to persist or are we going to see a heavy dose of rotation going forward with our forwards? And what would you like to see? It's a tricky one because we probably have three genuine options down the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. Jota is walking his way back. You know, he's played a couple of games back for us. Now he's gone away with Portugal, which which I was delighted about because he needed those games. He was one of the deep players that needed those games in the international break. You've got Firmino, who's who's on a decent run of form in goals and assists at the minute, um, especially against Brighton last weekend or yeah, last weekend. Um, but look, Darwin Nunes, Conrad is right. Part of the progression for Darwin Nunes is halted because of Darwin Nunes. You know, he misses games away at United. He misses, um, he misses, does he miss Newcastle? Was it Newcastle at home? He missed as well. Um, yeah. was, he misses yeah. three, but, but the thing is, like, you know, we all talked about Darwin Nunes at the start of the season. I thought he'd get 30 plus goals in all competitions for Liverpool. And listen, what about 10 games into the season, 11 games into the season, whatever it is, there's plenty more games to be played. There's no lack of confidence or belief from him. Or the staff, by the looks of it, in his ability. Um, the other night, I thought his movement was excellent. I thought it actually freed up other players around him as well, um, especially Salah and Diaz, who we got onto a little bit. But I thought his movement was excellent. You know, diagonal runs he was making, um, his pace. He, that one chance he gets where he's played through and he just strips two defenders like they're not there. Now he hits it early with his left foot and, and McGregor saves it. And McGregor makes some really good saves, you know, like let's be honest. Um, he makes one from Jota that's just ridiculous. It's like it's past him. Yeah. I don't know how he gets his hand to it. But you know what? Darwin Nunes, I suppose the biggest, I, I've no, I've no, I'm not worried about his form or will he get goals. I think it's just what way do we work this plan? Because you will want, Jota will want to play. Um, Firmino will want to play. But Nunes has started the night and he needs one to go in. He just needs one of those to go in. And in fairness, that one with his left foot is a good strike. The one from Henderson's ball, he takes it down and he tries to kind of dupe the keeper a bit by going high, but the keeper gets a hand to it. Another one where he's putting the inside right channel, hits a force time, keeper gets his legs to it. There's a few where on another day, two, one or two or three of them go in. He needs one. I think if one goes in, I think you're on a roll because right now I'm not looking at him as a striker that's, you know, no confidence, um, not interacting with the side, not making good runs, seems totally out of the loop as to what's going on. It's all kind of there, bar one hitting the net. And I think if one hits the net, I think you'll you'll see quite a lot hit the net. And he has, he has everything to be a Liverpool striker. There's no doubt about it. If you watch him the other night, bar... Yeah, some questionable finishing, some good goalkeeping. I thought it was a brilliant performance from him. You know, I thought he hold, held her up quite well. I th- his first touch was quite good. He 
he brought players into play at times. The, the runs he makes, he doesn't scuff many of his chances. They're all kind of well hit, you know, on another day, like I said, it goes in. So I'm not worried, worried about him at all. It's just a case of do you go with him and stick with him until he gets that one and then he goes on a run? Or do you keep loading them in because you have Jota and you have Firmino there? And that might be the way it goes because I can't see Firmino being left out an awful lot if he's continuing to score like that. And Jota will get you goals. And we're playing a team at the weekend that Jota loves playing against. So it's, it, yeah, it, there's, low, there's different options, but that what you want. But I think for the moment, whether he starts or comes on or as a sub or whatever it might be, Darwin Nunes will score goals. And I believe if he gets one, I think he could go on a run and you'll, you'll see a lot of goals from him. I like that positivity. Yeah, the, that the one you're talking about where he had a chance to open his legs up, that that reminded me of the Darwin that we saw against us last year for Benfica, where he just seemed to have power and pace with the ball at his feet running at defenders. And that was, to me, that's green shoots because, again, you know, his, his start to his Liverpool career, it looked like it was going pretty well with the community shield and the goal against Fulham, and then it all kind of went a bit pear-shaped. So, um but another player who's been kind of carrying the water for uh, the attack a fair bit has been Luis Diaz. Uh, Conrad, been impressive, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, he's certainly be- has become more and more impressive. Yeah. Um, the only unfortunate part about it all is, is obviously our, sharp, uh, our start has been so shaky that his form has sort of gone under the radar. But I think it's a huge positive, uh, the fact that after every game, be it draw, defeat or victory, um, we've never talked about Luis Diaz in any sort of negative way, which is something we can't say for any of the other players that have put uh, their feet on the pitch for us so far this season. Every single one, barring Allison, maybe. So that's a good indication. Um this the sentiment at the start of the season with Luis Diaz around the Liverpool fan base and probably within the club as well was he's taking Mane's spot on the left-hand side now. Mane's gone, so Luis Diaz is the guy who we go to on the left-hand side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And the output was obviously, um, I'm not going to say a problem, but it was certainly a talking point um, that we could see that the ability and uh, the desire and the hunger that was all there, the energy as well, great. But he needs to score goals. He needs to get assists. Um, Now, I was a bit of a moron and uh, misplaced my notepad, so I'll just have to read it out a bit. Um, So far in the Premier League, he's had three goals and one assist. And in the Champions League, one goal and one assist. So in a total of 10 games, um, he's had six goal involvements overall. Um, if you count the non-assists or the non, like the pre-pre-assists, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he's always involved and you could obviously, he he's only going to improve. Um, I'm very happy with how his, he's gone so far. He scored some important goals as well, barring maybe the Napoli one where we just got absolutely routed. Um, so yeah, 
quite happy with it and uh, thank the lucky stars that FSG or the club and the coaches decided to bring the Luis Diaz deal forward because uh, if they didn't, he'd probably be wearing a Spurs shirt right now. And we could have got Richarlison. Imagine how well that could have worked out here. <laughs> I don't want pitching <laughs> at our clubs. Yeah. Uh, just going back to the last one, the comment on the screen, Black Prince says in an interview, Nunez says he has some difficulty understanding Klopp's instructions due to a language barrier. Uh, I'd imagine that was probably an issue for Luis Diaz as well. He doesn't strike me as somebody that's fluent in, you know, Germano English or Scouse or anything like that. But it feels like we're building up a pretty good cadre of Spanish Portuguese speaking players that can rely on one another. And uh, I think the, the link up play that you saw between Jada Diaz and uh, Darwin in the Rangers game was pretty exciting uh, in terms of that. But for Luis Diaz and Ron, I'll come to you on this. To me, uh, the one downside I would say to him is I feel that some of his best performances so far this year have come in games that were already kind of lost causes. You know, after we went down to 10 men against Crystal Palace, he upped his game massively. You know, once the game against Napoli was pretty much done and dusted in the second half, he really kind of came to the fore. Is that worrying for you or is it just let the boy play? Um, it's, it's, it's not really that worrying. Um mainly because I think for me, I think it's just a matter of him, uh, him getting a better understanding of what's needed of him um, and when, um, you know, yeah, he's, he's got a six month head start um, on Nunez in terms of getting integrated in the team, but I don't think as of yet, um, you know, his, his connection with Robinson, um, it is, you know, it's it's at best it's been okay, uh, but that's due. To, you can put that down to the team not working well, or just them not a language barrier, whatever you want. But it's just it's not quite there yet. Um, hasn't really played a lot with Simicast, so that's to be expected. Uh, and then with the and then with you know, I also think with whoever's playing up up front, um, I think he's, he's, it's been a little bit of a struggle because he, he has this tendency to come inside a lot, which you expect, but um, he's quite uh, tricky with what he does once he actually does cut inside. You don't know if he's going to cut it back, try a flare, land a pass. So it's just a bit. I think. I think. I think the more he under the more he comes to grips with what what's needed and when it's needed, I think he'll he'll improve. Um, but the one thing that you can always count on with Luis Diaz is that he's going to work his he's going to work his socks off um, every game, even even if that means stepping up his performance and, and actually, you know, getting a goal or two, but the, the, the work, the putting in the shift is always there. And I, and I, I really think it's just a matter of him getting a bit more game smart as to what to deliver, what, what's, what's needed and when it's needed. Yeah. It's, I think that's the change of, you know, not the having to take Mane's role because I mean, every player is different. So like we're never going to get a perfect like for like replacement for Mane and they are big shoes to fill. And it's a pity that we didn't sign Darwin for that. Cause he's got monster feet. He'd fit him. No problem. But just that interplay, like for so long, that left side was just nailed down, whether it was when Aldem or Tiago over there with Robertson and Mane, and they knew each other's movements. And Luis Diaz, to me at least seems like he plays a very different game from the game that Sadio Mane played. Like he really likes cutting inside 
and trying to open up that right foot shot. And like, Gab, do you think that's about to like, are we turning the corner on that? Do you think that this, that our attack, both from the fullbacks and the midfield and the, and the forwards, do you think it's starting to click now and they're going to start, you know, just instinctively knowing what the other person's movements are going to be? Because I mean, these are new, you know, we got a pretty new attack built here. Uh, without even touching on formation, just the players themselves are different from what we've had in the past, and there's going to be growing pains, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a, just a thing on the language barrier, and you know, um, Kayat says people take these quotes and make a mountain out of a molehill. He went to say on to say that he has others in the team that translate the coach's message to him, and some people have pointed out as well. There's a lot of Portuguese speakers within the squad. Which look, you can go to work and not understand what your boss is saying, but his mate that's woke up and will tell you what's going on. Like it's it's not it's not a massive issue. With regards to Diaz though, he's probably the player I've enjoyed watching this season at Liverpool. Um I think we've been in a bad spot this season. I think Allison has been brilliant and I think everyone else has been bang average. Um bar for some some chinks of light at different times for individuals. But Diaz for me is always someone that like Ron says, absolutely works and works and works. Um, he was kind of the spark. He was the, the one little spark or the one little shining light, I suppose, from the start of the season where when he gets it, you still think he's he's working really hard. I think a lot of people have said, like, and Kev has said this quite a lot, he needs to be more direct. And what Kev means by that is, you know, he, he loves getting the ball and he'll go at you and he'll come inside and that, but... What Kev is talking about is just running straight at you. Not trying to go around you on the inside, running just straight at you and using his feet to go by you and, and commit you, you know. And we seen that a little bit the other night, you know. Listen, it was Rangers the other night and Rangers are poor, you know. And I'm not going to tell you that all Liverpool's problems are solved because we won on Tuesday night. But some of the signs that were there in what we were doing were good. The intensity was there. The passing was an awful lot better. And I think that freed up the likes of Diaz. I think it, I think it freed him up to commit more people he, he didn't seem as worried you know because you know yourself when you have a team that aren't defending well or are getting played through midfield the attacking players although they are attackers in the back of their mind going back years ago you couple and even last season the season before whatever it might be Liverpool forward used to do things off the cuff because they knew we're rock solid there we'll get the ball we'll have another chance in the next 60 seconds it'll be fine whereas at the moment it's a bit more tentative and trying to make sure of stuff and Diaz was probably the only one that had a little bit of confidence in what he was doing and I love him as a player. I think he's come in, I think people thought he wouldn't, well, how would he be physically? He got, gets kicked up and down in one of his first games and he just keeps popping up off the deck and playing. I think, can he get more goals? Yeah. But I think, <coughs> sorry, as Kev has said and others have said, if he's a bit more direct and gets into bit better positions, little his decision making is a bit better, he will get more goals, he will get more assists, but that's not bad. For the season we've had so far, six goal involvements since the start of the season is quite good, considering how we've been. Um, but I really like Could have been more, by the way. Yeah. It, it, it like more three times already this season, like the one against Newcastle yeah. and against Everton. He's uh, the, I, I bet the goalpost is still rattling, so yeah, could he have hits, even been more. Yeah, yeah, and he hits up, doesn't he hit the post against Fulham as well on the opening day? Oh yeah, um, he does. True, yeah. yeah, he does. So he's had um he's had he's had good impact. I think it could have gone a little bit better for him. Sometimes look, sometimes decision making, but let's be honest about it. If Liverpool go out and their passing is a bit crisper and they're a little bit more intense and that press is a little bit better, one of the players that will I think will um take massive confidence from that is Luis Diaz. He will benefit one 
him and him and Salah probably because they just get more of the ball and they're going to be against the defence that are a little bit panicked, a little bit out of shape, and they can hold people. And then, then the likes of Jota, Nunes, Firmino can benefit off the back of that as well. But Matt, for me, so far he's been, I probably think, our second best player this season behind Allison. And you know what? It's good signs. I think the six months he had playing in the side with Mane inside him, um, and Mane probably letting him know what's needed out on the left has helped. And you know what? He's a young lad, a new country, six months in into the job. I hope he kicks on now. And I think a couple of goals here or there in the next couple of games or, or over the next... Between now and the World Cup, if he gets a good few goals, I think it'll, it'll stand him up really well because he hasn't done much wrong in fairness to him. Yeah. That's the... Being more direct, like, you know, Keb's point, that takes me back to the first three games of the year. In our first three games of the season, he had his defending fullback on a yellow card in the first half an hour mm. and never seemed to get the ball. Like... And just go at him. Just yeah. go at him. Make him make that decision. You know, Kenny Tete, um, I don't even know who the hell was there for United. Nathaniel Klein, like, these are not world-class fullbacks. And you've got him on an early yellow card. Like, just go, man. Just try it, try it, try it. And, like, it, it seems like he's he has a few issues there working out. You know, like, there's a problem in front of him, and he's having a tough time getting his brain into problem-solving mode. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with challenges in life. But when you learn to find your own solutions, there is no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. The world has never been more accepting of people caring for their mental health. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, affordable, accessible, and completely online. Online doesn't matter if you live in the country or in a small town that may not have a local therapist. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daytrippers today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Daytrippers. And then once you've solved that problem, you can enjoy... Champions League soccer streaming on Paramount Plus. This is your favorite. It was nine months of heart stopping, hold your breath exhilaration, but it's now down to eight months. The biggest stars, the top teams, and kooky crazy as fan bases from all across Europe. We're halfway through the group stage now, so get in while you still can and see Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona, and more in soccer's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked soccer second of soccer time, regulation, stoppage, or extra time, and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, man. And if you don't want to get Paramount Plus and you lurk in some of the darker corners of the internet, perhaps you don't know, but browsing in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy online. That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. IP Vanish is a VPN. I know. Shocking news. IP Vanish is a VPN. It allows you to stay truly private and secure on the internet. It encrypts 100% of your data. That's your private details, your passwords, your emails, your browsing history. It'll be shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. 
It makes you virtually vis invisible online. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot and 4.65 out of 5 on Plunkpilot. Because... Keith rates it quite highly. Go to ipvanish.com slash daytrippers and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash daytrippers. Done. Bill's paid for another day. And now the part that I've been looking That's most for. Yeah. Yep. Um, change of system for the Rangers game. You know, it was exactly what a lot of people have been calling for, and it's especially on this channel. Like, people just wanting to see something. A little bit different. We got to see that coming out with the 424 or 442, 4231, however you want to go for it. And now the question becomes it worked, but was that just something that we can do against a pretty low end team like Rangers, or will we persist with that? So that's the big question. Boss man, what do you think, Gav? Do we stick with it? <laughs> um, I don't know if he does. I don't. I, I really don't know if he does. The way we played the other night, Henderson comes a bit deeper and, and goes in there with um, Thiago, um, and it made us a bit more solid. I think it, when you look up the average positions for the other night, I think Trent is um, he's literally along, not alongside the centre halves, but he's not too far ahead of them. Where he's usually he's usually over the halfway line and on an inside right kind of channel um, he was kind of like a fullback um, Simicast was the one that went forward a little bit more and I think that was the, the design on that wasn't just to you know just stop Trent from attacking I think it was more a case of if we go forward in certain ways we only have to cover one side you know because we've seen Liverpool so, so many times where Trent is on the ball he's 35 yards from goal and Andy Robertson standing on the back post looking for a header you know, and we trust the likes of whoever it might be, whether it be Fabinho, Henderson, going back to Wijnaldum, Thiago, whatever it might be, that when the ball comes out, we'll win it. Um, and if they manage to get it past the midfield, you had Van Dijk and Matip or whoever it might be there, and they'd mop it back up. And the chances are Andy Robertson be back in position anyway. But what you seen the other night was where Trent, although still playing really well, um, was just in a bit more of a... He was just pulled back a little bit. And he can still affect the game from back there. Not so and I'm not saying he never went forward, but the average position seemed to be look, you're not you're not gonna be up in their box all the time. Just bring it back a little bit. We'll make it safe and and we only have then they only have to really concentrate on are we getting overloaded on the left hand side? You know, and with two guys sitting there in front of the back four, they can both shift in that in that direction. Whereas when you had three, although it's more numbers in midfield, the guy on the right-hand side was, is always looking behind him to say, right, am I covering for Trent here? The guy in the middle wants to protect the centre-halves so no balls can get in to forwards. So you were always left with one out there looking after that left-hand side. But they kind of shifted really well the other night. Against Arsenal, though, you know, Ben White has been quite good for them. and But he, he doesn't get for, massively forward, you know. Um, 
Zinchenko or Tierney, whoever plays, that's the person that looks to get forward a little bit more for me. And in midfield, I think they have Odegaard, they have um, Partey and they have Xhaka. And Partey and Xhaka do a very similar job to what you would have seen Thiago and Henderson do the other night, which is try control again, try pick things up, then get it into the likes of, they try get it into the likes of Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka, and then Jesus is just all over the place as well. So I don't know if if, if he keeps at it <coughs> or if he sticks with it, <coughs> he's going to match up Arsenal because that's where Arsenal play. You know, Arsenal play four, they play two, they play three, they play one. And that's what Liverpool could come out and play. Um, I'm, I'm not too overly concerned, Matt. By this, by this formation thing, I, I completely get it. I think they could play 4 3 3. And if you restrict one fullback slightly, you can do the same job. Um, I think they could do the same job. I think um, the. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the very straightforward answer. But I would like to see him. Maybe not the same personnel, but I would like to see him stick to what he's done the other night. Because I think, I think it freed up players. And I think it gave a more defined role. To the two in front of the in the in front of the defenders, and it allowed them. Funny enough, Van Dijk and Matt to be a lot more aggressive. I thought you know, they weren't Very they weren't much. they went well. They weren't backing. You know the way they usually back off a little bit, and then they'll kind of wait and wait and wait and try to hold that line. They were just on top of players as quick as they could. Um, maybe because they thought they get a touch. There's two guys absolutely buzzing about here that looking to get it. So I'd like to look. It worked the other night. So why not stick with it, I suppose? Why not stick with it? Have a go with it. It mightn't be the same personnel. Um, you know, Fabinho might come back in there. He might do Fabinho, Thiago. But then what does he do? Does he play Henderson ahead of that? Um, I'm, I'm not too sure. Does he play the four again? He could do. But there's, there's plenty of options there. Um, but come Sunday, it doesn't matter what you play on Sunday. You must deploy yourself. And I thought, you know... I thought Liverpool applied themselves an awful lot better the other night. And I know it's Rangers and I know it's a it's a weird one to try make sense of because I thought Rangers were really poor. But I thought forgetting who the opposition was, just Liverpool's intensity and, and how they looked to get on top of the game and put Liverpool's game on top of the opposition I thought was a lot better the other night. And that's been one of the biggest standout things for me this season, Matt, is that we haven't done that enough. Well, without a doubt. I mean, I will pull you up on certainly the last Arsenal game, like the North London derby. Granit Xhaka was not playing as part of a two, like as a double pivot. He was getting forward so often and so far. Yeah, but watch when they don't have it. You see, what, what Arsenal do is, what Arsenal do is, is that they have Partey and, and, and Xhaka there, right? And they've Odegaard in front and they've Saka and they've Martinelli, right? And Jesus is their out now striker. Right, and what happens is is that Odegaard tries to pick up space, right? And when he picks up space, Jacket is the one that moves in. So it actually goes from a four-two-three-one to a four-one-four-one. Really, when they get it, Jacket is the man that's told because he's a really good left foot. He's actually a really good footballer. He's just a bit of an idiot. But watch, watch when Odegaard gets it, left hand side or right hand side or whatever he picks up that space. Jacket is the one that moves in and says, right, okay. Martinelli, Saka, either side, and I'm moving in here to make this basically a four-man advanced midfield. That's what Jacket does, but watch when they lose it. He gets back in beside Partey, and they get Odegaard that, you know, they, they take turns shifting, but he's always beside Partey for me. Yeah. it's I mean, It just goes to, because hearing people talk about, you know, post-game 
breakdowns of our formation change going, well, you know, can we do that? We're going to get overloaded in the midfield. And it's like, I don't know, Arsenal might be a perfect opponent to continue with this system because they don't play with a three in the midfield. Like you expect a lot of teams are four in the midfield. Like they're very uh, advanced and going forward. But Ron, uh, do you see Klopp going with four forwards? Because I mean, to me, it's it seems like it's pretty hard to not have a front four of Salah, Diaz, Jada, and Bobby Firmino. Because I mean, the wingers are on form, and those two forwards they like a goal against Arsenal. I'd, li- I'd like to I'd like to see it. Not only do the wingers uh, like a game against Arsenal. Uh, we all like, as mentioned earlier, Jada likes the game against Arsenal. But let's not forget, uh, Bobby quite likes Arsenal as well. Um, <laughs> so I think while he's on form, uh, and while and, and while we're you know got a little bit of a head of steam, I think I think you stick with it. Like Gav said, I, I do think having the two midfielders sit in made things a little bit more solid because they were well defined. Um, also, on the, with the center backs being more aggressive, I mean, there was one point uh, on Tuesday night, uh, Virgil was doing his best Joel Matip impression. He went on a mazy run, didn't finish, didn't finish with a shot, but he went, he went on quite the run. But uh, I think we stick with it. I, it's a formation I've been, I've been wanting us to, to see, you know, start a game with for quite some time. Not, not having it just as an option to kind of mix it up in game. I think we're. I think given the form uh, and the legs um, in the midfield at this point, I think I think it's well suited to us. Um, so I hope I hope we do stick with it. I think Arsenal. Let's 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 have it right. Arsenal are in a good vein of form. You know they've 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 done well with what's in front of them, but they really haven't done a whole lot. They haven't really played. They haven't have, haven't been tested too hard. So I think it's a good game. Uh, for us to sort of get our confidence back up, you know, and, and keep and keep the run going, I, I and I hope we t- I hope we take that out outlook on it. That's uh, I agree. I mean, I think it was I'm optimistic at the best, at the worst of times. So it's I really liked seeing the formation change, and I thought it it solidified us all across the field. Uh, Conrad, do you see us? Continuing with this new formation, or do we revert to type and go back to Fabinho, Thiago Henderson, and a four-three-three? Um, well, uh, well, to come back to the question, if the four-two-four works against big teams, um, I think the last time we uh, fielded that formation was two years ago against Manchester City, right? If, if I'm yeah. not wrong, yeah. we played yeah, we played November, them two years ago. Yeah. Worked quite well against them. Um, was a good formation so it does work against big teams whether we'll uh, use that formation against Arsenal on the weekend I'm not so sure um, I'm not a tactical expert um, I agree with what you guys have said uh, about how Arsenal set up and how we could set up but um, uh, the only the only issue I see with if we persist with that formation is um, the the fact that in the past we've seen uh, the manager do these sort of break glass moves like a four two four. I think when we used that formation against City the last time around, we were a bit of a weird spell as well, and we used that formation once and then never again. So that makes me think we might not see it. And um, Klopp has sort of this 
not that it's a negative thing, but he has sort of this Wenger-esque um, sort of attitude when it comes to changing things up or um, doing something in a certain way where in the face of even extreme adversity, um, be it from the media, opposition teams, or even within the club, um, he likes to keep the same thing going that he has, um, which for me is another thing that would speak a little bit against uh, keeping the 4-2-4 on the weekend. But uh, I'm open to be surprised. Uh, I'd like to see it happen because um, the way I look at it is we're going to get beaten in midfield uh, either way just because of the options or the coming back options we do have now good but um some of them are still coming back from injuries um some of them are in bad form still even though we beat rangers um so sort of my attitude going into the game is if we're going to get beaten oh sorry not hopefully not no if we're going to get beaten in midfield we might as well get beaten in midfield with having two players and have more attackers who love to score against arsenal so um, I think we'll, we're better off if we just uh, try the 4-2-4 because um, it's been mentioned before. Um, if we can say that something's not working or can see it, um, then Mikel Arteta can see it and their analysts can see it. So it's not a good idea to, to go into the weekend with the exact same setup and game plan that we went in against Brighton, Fulham, um, Newcastle, Palace, take your pick. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see it, but I sort of have this feeling that we might not because um, we even, uh, yeah, it's just break glass. Even when we have weird spells, it just, we never sort of stick with the change for long enough. We us- That's what we usually do in preseason. We try something out and then persist with it for the season to come. It's very rare that I've seen the manager change anything long-term within this season. He doesn't like it, so, yeah. I think um, just looking forward to the game, and I know the lads are going to do a, a proper preview on it tomorrow night, but, you know, for me, the biggest thing this season hasn't been what we're doing going forward. It's what what we're allowing other teams to do to us. And, you know, look, we've all spoken about how we're played through midfield, and, you know, but... I think when it comes to Sunday, regardless of what, what way he goes in, what, what formation he goes in, you look at Martinelli. I, I've watched a bit of Arsenal because um, I like watching Arsenal. I always have liked watching Arsenal. And um, I just don't like that manager. I think I just, just don't like him. Give him credit. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't like him. Um, and what I've seen from Arsenal is, and especially that Spurs game, they gave Spurs the ball. And they said to Spurs, you have it. But when you get to a certain point, we're going to absolutely be all over you. And they got all over sports. And sports couldn't settle and, and just couldn't get going. And Arsenal picked them off. You know, the sort of way. What Liverpool need to do on Sunday is Liverpool need to identify where they need to stop. One, they need to stop. It, it's Saka and Martinelli for me. You know, and that's an obvious thing to say about the wide men. But Saka, they have a really good way of, of isolating Saka against fullbacks. And what they do is they will have her on the left-hand side of the pitch. And they will... They'll play it around and they'll cut, try to drag everything that side of the pitch. And then they hit Zinchenko does it a bit. Um, and sometimes the midfielders where they hit Raken passes across the sack where he can get one-on-one with a fullback. And he usually has some joy because A, he's always going inside and no one seems to stop him. And B, the opposition winger is too far up the pitch to get back and try to help out. Martinelli's a bit more um, direct 
he, he likes to run at you, he go inside you, he go outside you, he's, he's really buzzes all about the place. And I think regardless of what we go in for, in with, we need to turn around, we need to say to ourselves, listen, we can hoard this. There's no doubt about it, Liverpool can hoard. Liverpool can go and win, win at Arsenal, no problem. There's no problem, Liverpool can go and win there, right? And we can hoard them. I think, I think Nunes, if Nunes starts up front, you look at him and you think to yourself, um, you know, I think Gabriel and, and, um, the other guy's name's completely, I am um, Saliba, Saliba, have been really good. But I look at Diaz and I say to myself, he can get at, he can get at Ben White. Salah most definitely can get at Tierney or Zinchenko. You know, and if yeah. Jota plays behind all that, you know, Jota will, they'll be shit scared of Jota because Jota scores a lot of goals against them. And Partey and Jack will be looking going, well, hold on, one of us are going to have to watch this fella because this fella wants to get in the box. This fella wants to hurt you. And that means that you're matching up then with Partey and Odegaard against Thiago and Fabinho or Thiago and Henderson, whoever it might be. So Liverpool have got tools to hoard Arsenal and can quite, not easily, but, you know, can go and win at Arsenal. We've done it. Like, we've beaten everyone in this fucking league. We're in a bad run of form. But I think Liverpool need to come out and I don't want to see them just go into their shell and go, listen, we have to stop Arsenal. But I think if they're drilled and they say to themselves, right, we're going to push them into the centre of the park. Or if it goes wide, we have to make sure that we're closing off little passing lanes and, and frustrate them a little bit. Because Arsenal, I think, are going to do the same this Sunday. They're going to ask Liverpool to take the ball. And then what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to get away from um, a game of football in the middle of the midfield. They're just going to try to win it and hurt you. And if Liverpool can just get that right, I think we have I think we have the, I think we have the power to, to hurt them going forward. And I could be wrong. We could lose fucking 4-1. You know, but we could win 4-1. Because somebody says there, um, and said it going back a few minutes ago, you know, oh, um, it was Wade Nelson said, we've had the same test as Arsenal this season, really. We've just had some draws. They've got a couple of wins. They've come from behind against Fulham. They've, they've, they've come from behind to win a couple of games. And, and fair play to them. They're showing a bit of steel that they haven't shown in probably 10 years. You know, but people have got at Arsenal. They've, they've really, I watched them away at Palace. Was it the first night of the season? And Palace could have had two or three. Um, I think it was the, wasn't it the first game of the season for Friday? Yeah, night? it was. The first yeah, game of the um, and yeah. I watched them, I watched that game and I thought they could have got at them. Fulham get at them, United get at them. You know, teams get at them, and it's all about it's all about taking your chances. And if Liverpool can take one or two and just be a little bit more drilled and apply themselves, I, I I'm kind of a bit. It's a bit weird to me that we're all kind of going and absolutely dreading Arsenal away. You know, we could get hurt, but at the same time we could hurt them. I think it's one of those games, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it feels it feels like a, a pretty big signpost in the season. Like if we can turn it around and we can put a good performance up against top of the table flying Arsenal at the Emirates, that's a pretty good sign that maybe our season isn't a total write off and that a lot of the chicken little sky is falling stuff from a couple of weeks ago was a little premature. But at the same time, if we go and get fucking Napoli, then Maybe we all need to do a little bit more soul searching. But uh, if, if we, sorry, if we, if we, sorry, if we go and get beaten heavily on Sunday, right? If we go and get beaten heavily on Sunday. We all need to turn around, right? And forget all the fucking arguments and whatever your your opinions on signing or didn't sign. We just have to take our licks and say, you know what? This season is just going to be like that. That's the end of it. And we're just going to have to take it. We're going to have to ride with it. And wherever we end up, we end up. And it'll be up to the club. The, the manager, the players to react in the right way. But I, I just always look forward to them it's going to Arsenal and, and playing these big well, games. I think we've got like our last four or five games against Arsenal. The, the aggregate scoreline is 11 nothing or something like that. Like they haven't scored against us in the last few games we played them. So like 
yeah, okay, history is history and current form is current form. But like, I'm I'm certainly not dreading playing against Arsenal as much as I was after you know the Brighton or the Napoli display of thinking like, oh god, when we have to play a decent team, we're going to get torn up, torn to pieces. But uh, like the one thing that you pointed out about the formation gap was just the the not handcuffing is the wrong word, but just limiting Trent going forward that much and kind of being a little bit more of a three in defense. That could almost work as well, too, with the 4-3-3, I think. Of just not making, like, telling Trent to not be so gung-ho and cavalier with going forward and being caught up the field. Like, if we find that we're losing the game in the midfield, just stay back that little bit. And that's what he did against Rangers. And I thought, like, I saw it within the first 20 minutes or so. It was like, holy shit, it looks like they're playing a back three here. Because Virgil was way left, Simicast was way forward, Joel was in the middle, and Trent was in our half when we had the ball in possession. Like when you don't ever see that, like when we have the ball, Trent's gone and he was obviously under instructions to stay back and restrict the amount of space that every team has been finding uh, in that spot. But I think you could still use that tactic, even if you played Fabinho Henderson and Thiago in the but midfield. That's, but that's why I think, that's why I think if he, if he goes with that system where he plays too deep, that's why I think Jota has to play. You know, there's no point in going in there and saying, right, I'm putting Fabinho and Thiago in there and I'm putting Henderson ahead of him. Pointless. That's why Jota yeah. has to play because, right, we can all talk about Trent being a bit deeper and, oh, but he brings so much going forward. He absolutely does. But you have to, again, look at the flip side of who they have. And Arsenal will be more than happy for Trent to be miles up the pitch and them to press and win it and then look for Jesus in that channel or Martinelli breaking that channel and then they can go from there. If we... If Trent stays back a little bit just to be on the safe side, but we occupy them with the right players further on, i.e. Jota playing as that toward man in midfield, we occupy them enough, it gives them more to think about and it makes it harder for them to get out, plus it makes it harder for them to hit these channels that they're going to love going into. You know, I think I think it, I'm actually going towards yeah. staying with that system, that's being honest. Yeah, and, and the playbook's kind of out, you know, I think having Trent stay back a little bit makes a lot of sense, especially because, you know, teams for what have, have just decided that they're going to target that side. Um, and if we, and if he stays, if we have him stay back a little bit, like you're saying, even if it's, it's in a four, three, three, basically you're telling them, like, yeah, your plan A is not going to work. So you're going to have to figure out another way to beat us. Yeah. You know, you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Yeah. I think that's, I, think, I always think that's a good idea to, 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 to kind of have an idea, be, be, Self-aware enough to know, like, all right, this is where they everybody thinks we're weakest. This is where they're targeting us. Let's 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 mitigate that, and then have the, make them figure out another way to beat us. Make it make us make ourselves difficult to beat. Why not? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's again, I'm fully recharged in my optimism after oh, well. that game. It, it it just it just showed a total difference in attitude. Like you said, it with the the aggressiveness of the defenders. I, to me, that's a huge sign because it's something that happened in the Ajax game after Thiago came on and our press started working a little bit better was that when the ball, like when they have the ball and we're pressing from the front and the ball gets put over the top, 
Matt Tiff and Van Dyke were right there. They were right on that ball. They were winning that first header and through the entire game against Rangers. And like Morelos is not a chump, you know. He's a pretty decent striker. He knows how to be a nuisance and stuff like that. And he was invisible in that game because anytime that ball went up into the air or even came in defeat to any of their players, Ryan Kent did nothing in that game because every time they got the ball, those two center halves were out there like bullets and shutting them down immediately. And it just, to me, that shows that the confidence is there, that the that Virgil and Joel know that the press that's happening in front of them is happening properly and that they don't have to second guess themselves because the system's working properly. And I, I agree. Like a lot of it has to do with Diogo Jota. He's an incredible presser from the front, you know, as well as being a good goal scorer. But he's so, even in that position, said. even in that position, you don't need to look at Darwin Nunes to get the ball into feet. You can ask Jota to be advanced a bit and you take it into feet. You take yeah. it into feet and you get it to the fullbacks or you get it to Salah and Diaz and then you still have a guy further ahead of you that will that wants the ball in the box or he wants, you know, he, he, Darwin Nunes is a good finisher. It's just the other night it looked like he was just trying to get a goal. You know, just get it in the fucking goal anyway and we go from there. But I think, like I said at the very start, if he scores one, I think you'll start seeing place and stuff on the goalkeepers, chip and keepers. It'll all come together then. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just think, for me, you go in there on Sunday and look, we, we, we keep saying it was only Rangers, but we've spoken all season, loads of people have spoken all season about outran, outfought. Right, Liverpool weren't out round the other night. Right, they they weren't out fought the other night because they went in and they went bang, bang, bang. They kept hitting players, and you can only play what's in front of you. But that was probably the easiest game not to apply ourselves because you're on a, a much different level to Rangers overall. You feel you could have went down there and played at eighty percent and won the game, but because of the circumstances around it, Liverpool couldn't. Liverpool had to come out and be go right. We have to be absolutely on top of this to make up for the weekend and to put ourselves in a decent position in this group and. Right passes might have went astray, finishes mightn't have been there, but overall we worked so hard, we were aggressive, we rat out random, we outfought them. You know, even the likes, even stuff like the ball breaking and Salah just bouncing off one of their players and taking it and running up the pitch with even small things like that, where you go, you know what, that's just aggression. The, the aggression is back where oh, that's my ball and I'm gone and you're having. You look like Liverpool. Yeah, a little bit, and I'm not saying that. We've completely torn the corner and we're clicking on this. But it was just a, a, it was just signs there for me the other night that, okay, you can point at passes or shots or the opposition or whatever it might be. But overall, I was looking for, and I keep saying an application. And the application was there for me, coupled with the fact that we changed, because actually says there that Trent said in the post-match, uh, a compact defence was what they'd been looking for and had been working on all week. So, you know... Yeah, looked a lot more compact, but just the application for me was um was one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, it's uh, I think it bodes well, and but I mean it's a big test coming up on Sunday, so I think we can uh, leave it there. Just before we head out, I just want to ask everybody to uh, smash that like button, hit that like button, guys, hit the notification bell, hit the subscribe button, and all that good, good, good stuff. We lost the reclaimer earlier on, so. We're going to have to have somebody else stepping in for him here to get back on the life train. And also Bobby's Wish to Walk, which is the charity partner for us currently. It's currently sitting at 147.142. So that's uh, 2,300 euros to go. That is tantalizingly close. So he's almost there. Fantastic work to everybody. Uh, again, donate if you can. And if you can't, throw it into your social medias and share it around. You never know who might have a... Uh, 
a few extra dollars, euros, or pounds that they're uh, willing to part with that this season up on Thanksgiving. So you never know. You never know. Uh, Ron, anything else before we go? No, no. Um, looking forward to looking forward to Sunday um, and just ready, to, ready, ready to see how that's going to pan out. Because I, I hope we, uh, I hope we wipe them. We need the work they're about due for it. So let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, everybody's been giving uh, Mikel Arteta all too much credit lately. So it'd be nice to see him brought back down to earth. Well, he's already won, he's already won Manager of the Year as far as everybody else is concerned so far. Oh, well, that's insane. there you go. So it's nobody that's ever won Manager of the Month has ever lost their job immediately afterwards. Nuno Espirito Santo. <laughs> uh, and Conrad, pretty good. Year was um, was Lampard for keeping Everton up. <laughs> no, he got it this season for having a great uh, defensive record in the four seven games of the season. That's what he got it for this season. Oh, yeah, he'll just get two in a row then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Liz Truss will, the the, will make the, so. down, um, the presentation to him, which would be great. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, it was good having you on for the first time, Conrad. Uh, got anything before we get out of here? Um, yeah, uh, I share Ron's sentiment that um, – that I hope that we beat Arsenal on the weekend because uh, if we get peppered by them, I'll probably uh, I'll probably nosedive out of my window. So yeah, let's hope <laughs> that we win. Um, yeah, because well, I don't, don't want to do uh, that. Better help is our uh, <laughs> one of our sponsors. Butterhelp.com. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, please donate to Bobby's Wish to Walk. Um, yeah, in these uncertain times, it's uh, it's difficult for an adult to to live, and um, you can only imagine how bad it is for a child to have these problems in these sort of times. So yeah, uh, whatever money you can spare, please donate. We're so close. Absolutely. And Gav, what do we got coming up for uh, the rest of the week? A preview show tomorrow. Um. Yeah, tomorrow's Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Premier League forecast tomorrow. So the lads will be looking at um four games on the weekend. Liverpool and Arsenal being one of them. Um. They will look at Air Fantasy League, Air Fantasy Football. See who's on on top in that. I'm starting to lose interest in a big way. Um. Because how bad is that? I I just keep forgetting to do it, and then I kind of do transfers and I kind of go oh, and then I'm not really bothered and then. I think, do you know what actually puts me off? All these fucking bench boosts and triple captains and stuff like that. Just put your team well, just, in. Just use them immediately and you don't yeah, have to worry just, about Yeah, I might just try to use them all now in the next week or two and be done with it. Um, but yeah, so that's tomorrow night. So that, that would be really good if you want if you want the preview of all the games over the weekend and you want to look up the fancy football. So They got an Arsenal fan coming on too, don't they? Yes, tomorrow? yes they've an Arsenal that fan on tomorrow. Um, and they do look up our top 10 in their league and they look up the top 10 players of last week as well to give you a, a heads up on what you should do in your fancy football. Sunday, there's two shows. There's going to be an immediate match reaction after Arsenal v Liverpool and the Fatback 4 will be um, on Sunday night. Me and Keith Sunday night um, Sean is away Emmett's away so um, we'll bring two people in there to help me and Keith or me and Keith might just do it on our own you never know um, if there's enough cans around me and Keith will do it on our own so that is the rest of the week now um, I've been mad busy this week so the cop update has been not out this week I'm trying my best to do this on a daily basis but there'll just be so much going on here that it's just sometimes it's impossible 
you know. Um, but I will, will try and start something new. Um, Red Steve wants to know when I'm doing one tomorrow. I'll try my absolute best to do one tomorrow where we try to predict the team for Arsenal. Um, we'll try to predict scores and we'll have a bit of a laugh. Um, and I'll try to do it at 11 o'clock in the morning. If not, I'll try to do it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So we'll see how it goes. Um, <coughs> that's about it. Hit the like button, subscribe, share. Um, we've I've been given out to by viewers and and mates um, for not having the super chats and all that open. They're all open now. You can like, subscribe, and whatever. But they're all open, and we we we've, we're under instruction to um ask you to like and subscribe because not not yeah, enough people are watching. Like yeah, so that's that like that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, uh, and it was in fact my birthday. So I know, happy birthday! Yeah. Ah, happy birthday! Happy now, birthday, if Keith was huh? here, if Keith was here, he would have played Happy Birthday on the tin whistle. Oh, on oh, the what? Yeah, he plays the tin whistle. Um, I'm going to get Keith to play Happy Birthday to you on the tin whistle on Sunday night. Oh, I can't wait. Yep. That's going to be great. It's going to make my whole. There yeah. We go. Gonna discharge me right up to have a big Thanksgiving dinner. Exactly. Right. All right. Well, that's enough for us. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Hit the like button on your way out if you haven't already. Donate to Bobby's Wish to Walk, and we'll see you guys all again next Thursday on the Viewer's Voice. This has been the LFC Day Trippers. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.